Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwynn, and the Insider Crew. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 28. Happy 914 Day. Yes, I should have driven my 914 to work. You should have. We have uh, Manny Alban, our technical director here today. Uh, we also have Damon Lowney, our digital media coordinator. Robert Forsyth is behind the scenes making all the electrons work. And uh, yeah, so what have we done since our last podcast? Well, the open house was a big, uh, the big deal on Saturday. It was. It was the largest open house we've had to date. Um, it technically would have been our 11th. But it was actually our 10th because we had to cancel one of our open houses uh, during COVID times. But man, what? I mean, the cars starting, what, 8 o'clock started to come in. Then 9, the big wave started to come in. And by 10.30 or so, we ran out of parking spaces. 250 or so cars? I think, uh, did you count them, Damon, or somebody? Well, uh... I counted them at 10.15 and it was uh, not quite 150, but there were still people coming in. Yeah. Because after we filled up in the spaces that we were told the volunteers to help out, then we just started directing people to further lots, and uh, we we weren't parking the people there; we were just telling them to park themselves. Um, but true to form, PC people started showing up by ten o'clock when the event officially started. There was no parking because I heard somebody say, "Oh my God, I got here at ten o'clock when it started, and there's no parking." Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, but uh, PCA people. Uh, Always come early, and uh, yeah, it, it was uh, funny since I was in charge of parking. I think Jim and I was. I he didn't kept see yelling Jim, at me. I didn't he kept see yelling at me for interfering because you micromanage parking. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to park a certain way. He kept, I kept looking over. He's like, "Leave it alone. Look the other way." Which I did. I eventually did. Yeah, we work for volunteers. We do, and they, uh, and I'm grateful for their uh, any help I get. Um, and he did a great job. Uh, you know, we had a meeting beforehand. Uh, we talked about our crazy neighbor and how just to let him go by. And he didn't disappoint. He showed up. Um, and we parked the, uh, you know, the cars that were, uh, exactly how I told him. We were going to fill in the front space, uh, first and then work our way down. But there's always people who, uh, believe that, uh, they're, they're the only person bringing a Porsche to the show. I've got a special one. Yes. I've got a special one. I, I have, I'm self aware. I brought my, uh, uh, my wife and I came down in her uh, seal gray 987 Boxster, which by itself, it's a special car. But in a sea of Porsches, especially an open house, it's pretty much a beige Toyota Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> so I just parked it in the corner, took the top down, left it there. I figured, it And it doesn't really matter where you park, honestly, because people walk around and look at all the cars. Um, and it's, you know, it's the area is not that huge where you're worried yeah, there's in a different zip code or something there was people all in all different places mm -hmm. uh hanging out so it wasn't like a central area and, but sure enough you have someone who doesn't like their parking space someone kind of came up to me and said i want to move up to the front and i said what's wrong where you're at right now i don't like it i'm like <laughs> well why not because i don't like it at that point i'm like i'm not gonna argue i'm like sure yeah bring it up whatever makes you if happy. it makes you happy um i was impressed about how far people came uh, to the open house. Uh, we got a knock on the door on Friday and, uh, John Budenich, uh, formerly with Michelin yeah. came up from Greenville, South Carolina. He and his wife drove up what was an awesome surprise. 
We had people. He had a beautiful uh, 992 in shark blue. Shark blue. Yeah, gorgeous. everyone was commenting on that color. Yep. And then we had someone trailer down a beautiful 356 from New York. Um, we have plenty of people from Pennsylvania, Virginia. It was awesome. I saw a California black plate, actually, an original black plate on one of the cars. Really? Yeah, I did. It was uh, an old 911, the, the, the light green. I forget what that color is called. Uh, but I'm kind of doubting you drove from California. Um, yeah. That would be impressive if yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to see all the cars. I kind of have to look at all of your photos to see all the cars that were there because I was inside from 11 till about 2 o'clock. Well, you'll probably see a bunch of them uh, today during the podcast. Okay. For cool. the first time, right? Oh, it looks like a, <laughs> looks like a Skittles of colors there. Yep. That's yeah, awesome. Since the weather was beautiful. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, we knew it was going to be a great turnout. And uh, yeah. One application of sunscreen. That's all I needed. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. I didn't remember sunscreen until about four o'clock that day. Uh, so, but, thank you to our volunteers, as as Manny said, uh, <laughs> they did a great job parking the cars. But they helped under the tent. They helped um, all over the place, you know, with the food and everything. Thank you to the PCA HQ staff for giving up um, a Saturday to be here. And uh, I actually I saw a lot of people walking. We had some tremendous. Uh, Merchandise sales too. I saw like people walking around with. There must have been good. My prices. wife contributed to that. Oh, she did. Because <laughs> you don't have enough. She bought some logo t-shirts shirts. that I didn't even know we carried. Because I'm looking at when we got home, and I, and I said, I said, you bought this at the sale, and she said, yeah. I'm like, I never knew we had this. It was a. Uh, and she said, oh, Charlotte said it was from a couple years ago at the parade store. Yeah. yeah. And uh, luckily, or unluckily, it wasn't my size. But she bought it for our daughter, and uh, it's a real soft uh, t-shirt material, you know, mm. the kind that's uh, not the Hanes beefy tee, but they're yeah. really soft, expensive type, so $5. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, um, before we keep going, I want to thank some folks that, um, with the last podcast, left us some um, comments on YouTube. I want to thank uh, Joey Hill, Kyle Brightman, Brian I, Matt W., Jeffrey Lang, Ian Harding, and Bill Georges. Thank you guys for... Uh, for leaving a comment on YouTube. And I want to thank Dan. We're like Pitbull. We're like worldwide now. Uh, Dan from Porsche Club of Sweden gave us five stars <laughs> and left us a note. So I was kind of curious. I kept looking through the podcast listening to see where where else are people listening to PCA. And I saw that people are listening. And these are just a few. Great Britain, of course, Canada, Australia, Germany, Japan, Italy, South Africa. And guess what? We're number 13 in... The Czech Republic. All right. Well, shout Someone, out to the Czech Republic. Shout out to the Czech Republic. I don't know how many people that is, but all right. <laughs> Number 13 on the list there. That's pretty cool. Oh, So it'll be interesting uh, the next time they have the uh, International President's Meeting. For the listeners, um, they do this once every few years. Every few years, yeah. Uh, they, do it. They, have, they have a European President's Meeting, but the international one isn't annual. Uh, but the <clears throat> international is pretty cool because... Uh, Obviously, everyone from around the world comes uh, representing their um, their club, and most of them are like Porsche Club Japan, Porsche Club Sweden. Uh, PCA is without a doubt the the gorilla in the room. We're the biggest uh, by far, and so uh, uh, you know we're looked upon sometimes in awe of the fact that uh, it's all volunteer that uh, the leadership of PCA and uh, having so many members in so many regions and so many events, they're just. Um, they have so many questions about how, how things run. So yeah, it'll be fun to see this this time, next time around if they talk about the podcast now that they're getting a little inside look at how uh, 
PC operates behind the scenes. Yeah, it's it's interesting when we do attend these meetings, we feel kind of like rock stars that uh, they're very impressed at what, you know, this obviously the size of PCA and the largest single mark car club in the world, but the number of activities. And when they hear of something like the PCA open house drawing, you know, 200, 250 cars, five, 600 people, like to them, that would be their, well, for most of them, they wouldn't even be able to have a event that large. But yeah. uh, to some of them, that is like their largest event. You know, um, it's probably at this point good to note that we are 150,000 members now. Yeah. And yesterday, September 13th, was PCA's 67th birthday. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So 67 years old. So how do you know how many people um, it started with? So September 13th, 1955, Bill Scholar, our founder, came around the table at a restaurant in D.C. called Blackie's House of Beef, and that was their first official meeting. Do you know how many people were around that table? I've heard there. it started out with 13, right? <laughs> it started out with 13, um, but uh, the 13th person, or one of the 13, actually came up in a VW, and um, unfortunately was asked to leave. Uh, to, I don't know. I don't know if it's unfortunately or fortunately, but I, I get why they, they, they asked them to leave, because they wanted it to be you know a pure... Porsche focus. So actually it was 12 from 12 individuals in 1955 till what we have today, over 150,000. That's pretty darn amazing. Oh yeah. The thing I, I admire most when I think about the history of our club is that we were, uh, you know, the forefathers uh, decided to keep it all together as far as one club. Under one umbrella. Yeah, in yeah. Germany, you know, I tell people there's, uh, I think Porsche told us there's over 100 Porsche clubs in Germany alone. Mm-hmm. And I look at my county, uh, there's three Corvette clubs in my county uh, where PCA put everything under the national umbrella of uh, the Porsche Club of America. And that made us strong. Mm-hmm. And, and that made us a, a powerful force for uh, Porsche to uh, to deal with. And, you know, the, the classic club coupe is uh, part of that reason of why they came to us and not other car, um, Porsche clubs to do projects like this. So, yeah, kudos to our uh, ancestors for having the forefront to keep everything together. Yeah, so who who would have thought, right? I mean, cars back in the day, or Porsches back in the day, were sold at European dealers. So these dealers that have, you know carried a number of European uh, makes and models, and not like today where you have distinct uh, Porsche dealerships where you should, could go to. So they needed help, and they, they wanted to rely on each other as owners. And coming together, and we're still that passion lives on today. Yeah, what when my, my, my favorite scenes at the open house, uh, which was I think unexpected because we we're expecting one speedster, mm-hmm. Mr. Bills, and then four of them showed up. It was crazy, and, uh, it was pretty cool because I don't think they had met each other. So, like, it's after at the end of the day, I saw them like saying goodbye, like, I uh, keep in touch, and uh, you know, great, great meeting you. So, um, yeah, it was cool. It's it's always cool to have a speedster at an event. But, but when you have four, four of them, and they were they were unique because, like, uh, I think Chip Reichert's 356 is earlier than Mr. Bill's. I believe it is, because I had looked at there's a by the gear shift knob. There's like a like a spinny um, knob. I guess I, I don't know how to describe the, the, the it. Heat control. The heat control, right? Okay. But the heat control in Chip's car uh, was behind the shifter, and then in Mr. Bill's car. The heater control is in front of the shifter. And Mr. Bill was just chuckling, saying, well, mine's better because the reason why they moved it is so that when you shift to third, your the gear shift lever isn't so close to the dash. So it's closer to the driver, further away from the dash. So I don't know when that happened, 
But I mean, even though there were four speedsters, they were unique. Um, they were all uh, a a speedsters. The rare one is like uh, that Bob has the uh, fifty four. Yeah, with the uh, pre A, right? Yeah, you can tell the uh, two has two um, gauges, not three. Oh, uh, so if you look on the wall here, you yeah, know, where our offices are, the big yeah. mural. Um, you can see the picture of all the speedsters parked, right? And you can pick out. You'll see right there inside. You can see the dashes, and some are two, and some are three uh, oh. gauge. So the and Bill's being a fifty-eight the last year officially the, the, until really the last year recognized. They did yeah. make some uh, Carrera speedsters, uh, a handful in fifty-nine, but fifty-eights mm-hmm. normally. Uh, yeah. The um, there's another one. Yeah, that's chips. That's chips. That's funny chips, thing about okay. that chips was uh, a couple of years back somebody put that on Facebook because he edited at the Hunt Valley Cards and Coffee. And uh, they put them there. This is a really nice replica. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote, I go, it's not a replica. He goes, no, no, I know these cards. This is a replica. Yeah. And I said, I know the owner, and he's owned it like for 30 or 40 years. It's not a replica. Trust me. Yeah. This guy couldn't get through his head that it was a I real mean, speedster. You know, there's there's specific things that you need to look for when you see these speedsters at shows because it's hard to believe that a real one is actually at a Cars and Coffee. But, you know, for me, it's always peeking underneath the uh, the dash and finding the um, the fuel shut off and the e brake and stuff like that. A a Usually re- a handbrake is the easiest. Yeah, the handbrake is is easiest because most of them, most of the the replicas are like VW bug um, based, so it's it's easy to tell. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't want to you know tap on the the body of the car, but metal versus. So in between there, there was that beautiful C Cabriolet. Yes. That, that had like that almost no miles. Just on. recently restored. Re, yeah. It looked like it was rolling into the field at Concord. Yeah, I mean the top was like flawless. Yeah. And that's Bill on the left, and probably I'm guessing one of the other speedster owners. Or both uh, of them? That's Chip Rob, Rob in the middle, Rob yeah. Abbott in the middle, yeah. and Chip to the right. Yeah. Okay. yeah, like I said, I think they had. I know Rob and Chip. I think know each other, but yeah. uh, they just. Uh, it was pretty cool seeing. You would think all speedster owners know each other, but it didn't seem to be that case. Yeah. I'm here. sure they know of each other's cars. <laughs> That's the thing. Is yeah. You yeah. see cars and you know them right away, but you not necessarily know I, the I put a picture of, because Mr. Bill has a, uh, has a armrest. Yeah. On his door, on his driver's side door. And he told me all about how rare that option was. So I posted a picture of just the armrest on Instagram. And immediately people are like, Oh, that's Bill's car. Oh, okay. really? All these people oh, saying, yeah. Even Bill's brothers, that's my brother's car. That's my brother's car. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's interesting to... all the options that car had. You know, it had the, the comfort seats. It had that armrest. Yeah. You know, it had a bunch of things that might think that, did he swap things out? Or for me, or, for me is the, um, the headlight grills. Yeah, exactly. Like, all stock. And I don't even think the COA lists some of that, I believe, because, you know, they just didn't do that if you had a little minor record, option like Their that. records weren't that great back then. Yeah. 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 There was a lot of neat cars. Uh... But my favorite... Was the car that we recently did a video on is the um, the nine nine three Club Sport. Oh yep, yeah, it's oh, that white RS. car that was in front yeah, of the yeah, tent. Yeah. You know, yeah. Unfortunately, much like uh, like Bob's lightweight uh, nine sixty four yeah. for lightweight, uh, people are just walking it by is. it. Yeah, they, they, I don't think they really understood what it was because it's so rare yeah. that you almost have to have like a, a docent standing by to explain how rare this car is and right because if, if people didn't know they just think oh somebody tracks this 993 <coughs> so they just stripped it out right but it yeah, came so from the factory like you said we did a video on the uh difference between the 993 the carrera rs 993 and then the carrera rs club sport which is looks very close to a um super cup 993 yeah. we filmed that you know last week actually just yeah. before the open house so we'll have that out 
the next month or so. Cool. Um, let's see. Speaking of car stuff that we did since our last podcast, I, I kind of had a little car thing. So um, I, I had a, a breakfast meeting with Peter Sontag from Fastlane Travel, who handles our European Treffen. And, uh, you know, I've, as you guys know, I've been kind of slumming it in uh, my, my son's Honda Fit as I've been rebuilding it. Uh, so I was like, you know, I probably should pick him up in a Porsche. <laughs> so, so I had, um, the Cayenne's on the Cayenne's on the driveway and it's not plugged into a battery tender like my other cars that are on the inside. And wouldn't you know it, the battery was like dead, dead. And it hadn't been, you know, driven for maybe, maybe three weeks. And I guess that's enough to, I mean, it's a good battery. It's not a bad battery. But that three weeks is enough to drain a car? Yeah, I guess so. The newer cars, yeah. The newer cars? Oh, sure. So what do you think What do you think is going on in the car that drains a full battery down? In three I don't weeks? know. Three weeks is, I mean, that's not a long time. That's well, how's like. the battery? Cause I, first of all, I bet your battery is not new. No, it's not. No, it's and not. If you keep it on a trickle charger, if you keep it on a trickle charger, you might not know when it's starting to go bad, right? Because every time it fires up. Right. And I had, so, I actually had that happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my Mustang, I always keep on a trickle charger. So, you know, one day I went out to the, to drive it and I could start in the garage, no problem. And then wherever I got to, it mm-hmm. barely started. So mm-hmm. then I, I have this battery tester. If you don't have Amazon sells them these battery testers that you can plug in, it tells you the health of uh, the battery. And it was like down to like 10%, but because it was oh, on wow. a battery charger, and here's the silly thing is, so I drove it. I had no choice to drive it, but I think what happened was my alternator had to work extra hard to keep the charge or something like that, or maybe it messed up. I don't know. Uh, anyways, what ended up happening was I messed up the alternator because I was driving with a bad battery. You know, I had a – so I replaced my alternator on on the Camry somewhat recently, and uh, what had happened, I thought the alternator couldn't have gone bad, but it was just um, – on the connection, and I don't know what connections are called, just a bunch of wiring that I put back in the same spot. But yeah. one of the connections had started to have some buildup and corrosion. Corrosion. Uh-huh. And I just brushed it off and it's working just fine. Yeah. So. So anyway, so then, of course, you know, luckily I checked it the night before. And so I put it on a battery tender and it's, mm. it's good. And I've been driving it. No problem. Nice. Yeah. So I just, I mean, I guess there's so many computers that, nowadays. That's your car giving you a warning that uh, your battery may be going, you may be in the market for a new battery. Yeah. We did a video about replacing the battery, gosh, what, uh, well, we four can, or five I, years actually, ago now. I was about, we, can, we know exactly when I put that battery in the Cayenne because it's, yeah. it's on YouTube. So we yeah. should probably look it up. Yeah. Um, and right. I, and I, I went cheap and I next the next one, because I didn't think I was going to keep the Cayenne that long. I know. Which I think you noted in the video, actually, too. Yeah. <laughs> and Manny's rolling his eyes because I keep everything for eternity. That's denial with a capital D. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I need, I'll, yeah, I'll have to check the health of the battery. But I had the race car. I used to go for a battery almost every year. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and we were convinced it was because it got so beat up just because of, uh, it was just a race car. So yeah. it was bouncing, you know, it didn't take much for it to, uh, break the, uh, you know, the, uh, What's it called? The uh, little plates yeah. inside the, the battery. So, oh yep, there's yes, a video uh, of you uh, changing your. I know we can't talk to Robert right now. So 2020 is oh, what? Wow. So it's only two years old. The battery. Jeez, that's not a long time. That's not a long time. But you know what? Though? Unless you I, bought I, a 12 month battery. But hmm. I'm I'm convinced batteries today don't last as long as batteries from a decade ago. Or because I remember like 
you know, I used to buy diehard batteries. Not that I'm promoting the brand, but like they would last forever. And like my sister's brand new Tiguan, a mm-hmm. dealer battery, went dead in like two years. Mm-hmm. Like, and and you go, you go to the auto parts store now for various batteries. Like, I don't know that is there a good battery out there. Yeah, I oh, just yeah. got the cheapest one for last time I had to buy one, and it said two year warranty. And so for the last you guys two years, are complaining your batteries are lasting. I just heard yeah. you each bought the cheapest battery, and I then know, you're but, wondering what's well, not lasting. We could buy a cheap battery before, and it would last like five years. Why don't you try buying a, a quality battery? I know, well, that's what I'm going to do next time. Yeah. I'm going to buy a quality battery. So I, I bought a re recycled battery, I believe, <laughs> for like fifty bucks. You bought a second on the side of the so, curb, and uh, so actually, Hampton. so it was actually uh, on our. Uh, my girlfriend and I went to Deep Creek to go snowboarding and skiing, and would you know it? Guess when it failed? When you were on when the it trip. was like zero degrees, of course. And of course, Batteries I hate the cold. Exactly, but I, I was able to like limp it up in, into a Walmart parking lot, and um, it died. Like I couldn't even park the car yeah. straight; it just died. So, um, so I was here's, lucky here's the thing: there, is you, it's not an easy decision to go buy a battery nowadays either, because yeah. when you go buy a battery, you have expensive. your regular flooded, you know, acid cell battery, and then you also have AGM. And then you have some of these other lithium, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, do you put in, like, if your car had a flooded one, you just put in a flooded one? Or do you go AGM? Is AGM better? And is, does your car have to be, you know, if you have a newer car that's kind of sophisticated, do you have to reprogram all that stuff? Just don't go recycled. It said six months warranty and it lasted seven months. So it's, <laughs> it did exactly what it told you it would yeah. do. Well, unless you have like a project car, then it makes sense if you don't know if it's going to be good or not. But yeah. if you want it to last, don't go recycled. Yeah. Don't, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I bought a, uh, a cheap battery at Walmart. And you're busting our uh, chops. You but bought I bought it. it for my riding lawnmower. Oh. Okay. If, I, if it dies, I just have a few feet to walk to the house. <laughs> but it's, still, it's uh, finishing its third year. And everywhere, everywhere I read on the uh, lawnmower forums, yeah, it was uh, you know you're lucky if you get two years out of a Walmart. Uh, so, know, so are, battery. are there internet bullies on the lawnmower forums? <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, I just I, I Google my tech question and I look for it. Got in, and got out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, usually I find my answers on YouTube. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah it was. Uh, um, I wasn't going to spend a lot of money, but because I, I'm thinking, is this riding lawnmower going to last me five years? Maybe I'll just get the cheaper battery. Yeah, you know, uh, know what I'm gonna do for uh, the next battery for my Cayman is uh, I, I was watching a Hoonigan video recently, and they were doing some build on a new, I think, uh, BRZ or GR86, and um, they had one of those lithium aftermarket lithium ion batteries. Uh, I think it was anti gravity. That's the guy that was with us. When yeah, we did the video. Yeah, exactly. We had that video on it, and um, that's cool. I when he was here doing that video, I didn't you know lift up a regular battery and then lift up that one. I wish I had because you could tell just in Hoonigan's video that I mean, oh, it's super light. It's so much that you could almost just you know throw it up with your one, one hand and get you it. Can continue you know? your quest to be faster than me. That is exactly <laughs> that's a lot of weight savings. <laughs> I don't think it's allowed in the street classes for SCCA, and I'm not sure about PCA, but for STR, I'm all good. Oh. Do they really check the battery because your battery's hidden? Yeah, well, maybe at nationals, but I won't be going to nationals anytime soon. Hmm. All right. So you know what I thought was cool about the, uh, you say you spent the whole time inside at the open house, but you were given tours. Yeah. And, uh, it's amazing how, um, people's reactions when they see our national office, Mm. uh, not realizing that, um, the size of it and how many people work here and what goes on. And I think that's always pretty cool to, 
you know, when they get to see the inner workings of uh, PCA National. I feel like I'm <laughs> watching a sitcom rerun because I've given the tour so many times, but the expressions on people's faces is pretty awesome when they when they come through and especially at the end of the tour. Uh, I have to say it's amazing. 80% of the people that come through the tour are brand new members, definitely haven't been to the open house. And like you said, when they learn about all the things that we do here and learn that, you know, we own our home here, we have the podcast studio here, we have all these amazing um, archival um, uh, pieces on display and they get to see, you know, Lewis Hauser's 356. They get to see our Le Mans trophy. They get to see, I mean, it goes on and on. And they're just going, wow, I didn't know this little car club. Because I'll be honest, when I joined as a PCM member, I just thought of my local region. And it's just, you know, a, a means for me to do fun stuff with my cars. I didn't think about the national perspective. And I think this really opens people's eyes. See, when I joined, I thought, you know, I joined in 89. I had this vision that we had a skyscraper with a PCA at the top. <laughs> yeah. and it was so discouraging when I finally um, got involved in National, and I found that that we were working out of a woman's basement. Yeah, Ruth Hart's basement, and and we only had like three employees, I think. And I thought, oh my god, all this is done out of a basement, and uh, you know, it was it was discouraging, but it was impressive too at the same time. Yeah. So I, first of all, I think uh, you're going to need a uh, second person giving tours because. Uh, <laughs> My wife, who volunteered all day, she said, um, uh, Melody came up to her and said, hey, would you want to help out um, serving the food uh-huh. in, the, in the line, or uh, do you want to stay here at the um, concierge table? And Roxanne told me, she said, uh, no, I, I, I sold her, I'll help with the food, because I knew that the tickets for the tours were sold out, mm-hmm. and people were coming up, and they were really disappointed that they couldn't get these tickets yeah. for the tours, and they really had just shown up. Oh, at ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I think, uh, I think with the building's big enough to where when you pass a certain point, a second tour can start. Yeah, and uh, you could probably get double the um, the people through because evidently there was a lot of disappointed people who couldn't do the tour. Couldn't do the tour, really? Yeah. Oh, that's... at least according to my wife, there was a lot yeah. of people that they were having to tell them that they were sold out of uh, tickets. Hmm. It's kind of like a rock concert. <laughs> yes, it's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Oh, man, but it was fun. Great time. And, um, you know, we're, we still have a little bit of energy in us and we're going to kind of continue because we, we did get to debut the, um, the, uh, show off the classic club coop at the open house. And we did that around 1030, I think, and had a good group of people around the car. Um, uh, but again, some folks came a little bit later. Some people didn't even get to come to open house. So tomorrow evening, we're going to have a little show and tell um for about two hours in front of the office and i think we have a good group of people maybe 50 75 folks yeah we'll probably reach 100 by tomorrow yeah yeah and it's going to be great weather so and what i mean <clears throat> did you guys hear people's reactions to the classic club group i you know i did not i could see you giving the uh talk about it from far away yeah but i think at that point i was still we were still parking cars, Park cars. yeah so i didn't get the get over there but i saw a lot of pictures on uh social media yeah because yeah. obviously a lot of people are seeing the car. So for the this first picture time. here, the uh, crest is pointed away from the valve stem, and I'm yes. wondering if anybody they did knows. Or so, you I, so, share? So, yeah, 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 absolutely. So 
when we were giving the presentation, people say, oh, someone didn't turn the crest to the vowel stem like it should be. And I said, no, no, no. If you look at where it's pointed to, it's pointed to the Porsche text. And I shared with them the uh, when we unveiled the car at Amelia Island earlier this year, there was actually a phone call back to PAG of where the crest <laughs> should point to. And uh, the decision was made to point it to where it says Porsche. Which would have been a 5 a.m. phone call to Germany. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we were on the field late at night uh, in Amelia Island, and they were having a high-level discussion of what to do about the fact that somebody had heard that if it has the word Porsche on the uh, rim, which not many wheels had Porsche. Mm-hmm. No, only one I can think of right off the bat is the speed lines on the three point six, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the uh, later the Carrera RS um, that it has to point to the word Porsche, not to the uh, valve stem. Yeah, and so the details. The, people definitely noticed the details. They loved uh, the interior, and I, I was surprised a lot of them didn't realize that it that it had the GT3 engine and transmission. They thought yeah. it was more of a cosmetics and body yeah. and interior. And then when I, of course, told them that it was a GT3 engine, transmission, and suspension and brakes, their jaws just dropped. Yeah. I had I had one person. Um, I mean, in our world, you know, like it's pretty famous car by now. I had somebody walk up to me and ask, so what's the deal with this car? <laughs> well, and I'm yeah. thinking, well, uh, it's, yeah. you know, the classic one club one. coupe. It's yeah. one of one GT3 drivetrain. And you could tell his eyes kept getting wider. Yeah. Everything I, that I said about it. But yeah, not everybody even knows what it is. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. At least. Yeah. That's why it's still on the roadshow. And yep. um, yeah, we'll be doing actually tonight on Tech Tactics Live. Yeah, so at the time mm-hmm. you're listening to the podcast, it, uh, after you're done listening to the podcast, you can switch over to our YouTube channel and watch the replay of the uh, deep dive into the uh, Classic Club Coupe, which we're also going to do something that no one's seen yet, which is the underbody. Mm-hmm. We're going to lift the car up. Very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> Very carefully. And, uh, Proper pucks in place. And look underneath and uh, see what uh, what they did. Because yeah. uh, I'm very curious. Um, yeah, because a GT3 engine, transmission, suspension... Is not a plug and play to move no, it from a GT3 means, chassis yeah. to a uh, 99 C2 chassis. It, it is, can be done, but it's not easy. And you know, I'm dying to see how Porsche did it because it, it, obviously Porsche is not going to hack their way mm-hmm. and do it. They're going to replace panels, and I've heard you had to reinforce, change the firewall. I heard oh, as really? well, and so yeah. So do you, a, does it have GT3 panels apparently, or something totally unique? I, or are we going to find out? I, 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 you know, so uh, I believe we'll probably when we look up, we're not going to be able to tell. Because mm. it'll look factory. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to yeah, look right. factory. I don't think, uh, I think they did all this work before they dipped it and painted it. Mm-hmm. So um, it'd be great to have a regular 996 next to it mm-hmm. to show it. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, um, at least show show, uh, show the uh, viewing public uh, what Porsche did underneath. So we had, um, we buttoned up the open house and we always have, some amazing prizes we had a you know sunglasses hats we had um, michelin tires uh that were given away michelin tires and the winner of the michelin tires i can't believe it two years in a row i was, years- I was gonna drag his butt to royal farms and <laughs> tell him to buy me some powerball <laughs> so lee raskin uh he won last year and he won this and year i think he's still waiting for his tires yes. yeah he is At least somebody told me they won tires and- he has two he's waiting for the other two yes now yeah, he has he other tires. Tires. um but you know i felt like someone else should have won and michelin gave us another set of um 
a, a tire or a tire certificate for another set. So we gave away two sets of tires. And uh, Princess Cruise gave away a cruise for two, a coastal cruise. So, man, we had some pretty killer. What's a coastal cruise? Uh, the coast of California, I guess. You know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So should be should be pretty fun for the, the folks that won that. And, yeah. So and the um, Zone Fest sold out? Cruise? The, zone, the Zone Fest is not sold out. So for those of you that don't know, that is a... Zone 12 cruise that is uh, leaving December, December 10th, I believe. Um, right now they have like five, six hundred PCA members. I was telling Bob Miller that yeah. I was saying you should take your wife. And yeah, when I told him six, six, six hundred uh, PCA members, he yeah. was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So five, six hundred PCA members. Um, I think it's like the ultimate combo because, you know, the whole cruise thing, of course, you know, that's going to be what you expect, but. Like for me, it's like when I go to the beach, like I like the beach, but I get bored very easily because there's no car content, uh, definitely no Porsche content. But imagine going on this eight day cruise, you have all the amenities of a cruise, but you're going to have Porsche things around you. Like we're, you know, we're going to have uh, Porsche Cars North America join us. Um, we will have Porsche themed dinner. But I hear that you're trying to bring actual cars onto the boat. Yes, we're trying to bring some cars to do some technical. I, I really talk. shudder at that because the last time Porsche did that. We oh, had don't, the, don't, uh... don't, 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 don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Have to drain all the fluid. <laughs> Stop, and... it. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Um, they're bringing celebrity chefs and I've been selected to because some, I guess they heard that I cook as well. Um, I'm going to be battling some celebrity chef. Are you sure they're not, they don't want you to eat it and not cook it? <laughs> they, after they see my culinary skills, they might change their idea. But, um, yeah. So who's better, you or uh, your son? At cooking? Yeah. Uh, I would say my, my son is better at baking. Baking, he's a, okay. He's more like, oh, my wife's probably going to listen. He's more like my wife. My wife <laughs> and my son are very precise mm-hmm. cookers. So when they have recipes and jason loves cakes and breads and stuff like that me i'm more of a you know i see the ingredients i think of it in my head and i throw it together kind of like the battling chefs like that's the kind of the way i cook so i think i would i naturally am better at in that environment than telling me to bake a cake gotcha and baking stuff from what i hear it is it is you have to be very (laughs) precise yeah Uh, and i'm sort of like a pinch of this a pinch of that and it usually comes out pretty good so uh, yeah, so the space still available. Space available. Oh, and and the prices. Um, I think it starts at like four ninety nine mm-hmm. per person. Um, and if you have like multiple people in your room, the first two are, you know, let's say starts at four ninety nine, but the uh, third and fourth person is like fifty percent. Can you off. really put four people in the four ninety nine room? I guess so. I mean, I'm sure they <laughs> lying down. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so they have different packages. Of course, you can get the inside rooms. You can get the ones with the balconies. You can get the suites. Um, but yeah, we're inviting some Porsche celebrities as well, and hopefully they will come. And it'll be a fun time. I can't wait. It's gonna be. I'm excited. Nice. Oh, oh, and uh, uh, we're stopping in Puerto Rico, and so we're hoping to connect with the. PCA Puerto Rico region and do an event with them. So it's like, yeah, all this cool Porsche content while on the cruise. Yeah, somebody got, uh, I've given away a lot of, I swear every event I've gone to, they've given away cruises. Absolutely. They've, they've, they love PCA and we're, we're turning into sort of their, their poster model of how to have a relationship with an organization and they're creating, 
you know, special bands as you wear and you walk, when you walk through the ship, it knows everything that you like. And it's, you know, we'll have a, a gambling night. We'll have a lounges and yeah, it's, Oh, we also got sim racing on board too. So they saw the sim racing rigs at uh, parade and they're bringing um, those rigs on, on the ship. So hopefully I'll see some of you there. Jim going to be there. I, you know, I don't know who from HQ is going to want to go, but we'll see. Cool. All right. Uh, you want to go into some news? Well, there wasn't really a whole lot of news other than the stuff we've covered before, which is uh, the IPO, which is still coming. And yeah, it's um, coming. And, of course, Porsche's withdrawal from Red Bull. Yeah. Which, wah, uh, wah, nothing wah. new. There's all the speculation now and... Um, I think Jim has, Jim told me he did not, what Jim Hammock were talking about, Jim said he didn't even watch the F1 race on Sunday. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, He's so no. mad at Red Bull. He's so bummed. <laughs> oh, poor thing. Poor guy. Um, but, uh, so to me, the, the, the news that I uh, copied was, uh, that Porsche has come out, uh, Porsche's equipment has come out with a tent that will fit on your, um, I think most any Porsche except for the, uh, Targas and Cabriolets, and obviously Boxsters. Um, but uh, we, you've probably seen pictures of Brock. Brockeen. Uh, Brockeen. Mm-hmm. Yep. With yep. his dog and his... Uh, He'll be at Treffen. 991. Week, yes, he will be. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he actually camps in that. I, I see a lot of pictures. It was parked at Parade, but I never saw him sleep there. Yeah. It was parked on the lawn. I mean, but, he has uh, obviously gone on trips and uh, with he and his dog and, and with his wife as well. Um, I have a friend. <laughs> is it Instagram photos? Because I'm all up for that. And just <laughs> yeah. take some no, pictures, but I, then we're going to go to the no, nice hotel I think, afterwards. I think he's legit. I think he's before. I think now he's so busy that he probably doesn't always sleep in it. But before, that's how he became famous because he was in these really remote locations and sleeping on top of his Porsche, driving. I think he has a turbo, um, and you know, going through snow and staying. So, so we so, put this on on Damon's uh, his uh, Toyota. The uh, five hundred dollar Toyota. Yeah, he's homeless, but because <laughs> no. he's still a Porsche, he's an influencer. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's I, I guess there's something for everyone. Like my my buddy Schwinn, um, you know, he has a, a Jeep Wrangler all set up with you know a tent and you know opens up a big awning. Well, that looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I know, but it's like I mean the amount of I could see that in a campground. I mean, enjoy the campground and then go to the Hampton Inn. That's that's, that's nice. I mean, that's uh, I'm not a camping (laughs) person, um, but you know how much that thing costs the Porsche. It's a lot. Well, I mean, not only the five thousand dollars. I mean, so evidently you can buy a non Porsche branded one. What's five thousand for half the price? (laughs) Divide two hundred into five thousand. What what is that? I don't know offhand because I suck at math, but let's, let's see here. <laughs> 5,000 divided by 200. 25. That's 25 room nights at the Hampton Inn. Yeah, it is. Like That'll last you a couple of years, maybe more, yeah. unless you, it's for work or something, right? Exactly. Now, if, you, uh, um, if that would have come to our open house and it's set up, that would have been like, oh, the, that would have hit, hit everyone. Yeah. But I look at that and, uh, you know, I'm not a camping person because what this doesn't show in the photograph they're looking at from Porsche is all the bugs, yeah. the humidity. It's, I'm just, is there a weight limit? There's got to be a weight why limit. Why are you looking at me and saying, is there a weight limit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, usually if you're going and say there's two of you, 
let's say it's you and I going on this camp. <laughs> we're going on our camping trip here that we decide to somebody stay. sleeping in the car and <laughs> somebody sleeping in the tent. I'm guessing it's not going to be Manny and Vu weight approved on and that. You need route. that ladder down so the bears are going to be able to come up the ladder too. Oh gosh. Yeah. Or pretty much. I, I mean, I think it's a very romantic idea and more power to Brock and my buddy Schwinn that does it, but not for me. It looks cool though. It's so you can cool. order this. Um, when you're buying your car. Oh, as like a. Yeah. Just like a, any other tech equipment, uh, yeah. option. And, you know, yeah. Hey, I'm going to buy a, what, $110,000 and let, let's go camping. I'm hoping <laughs> to see. Absolutely. I, I want to see photographs from non-influencers, just yeah. regular people who are, uh. I, I think the younger generation like these experiences. I think that's. That's fine. I, mean, I, I, I wanna... look. I look to Damon, but he's not exactly the model uh, for for the, his generation. But I think they love this kind of stuff. They love this experience out in the wilderness. You gonna buy one of these, Damon? Nope. Again, Way too he, much money. He, he. Well, even a non-Porsche one, would you buy? Would you no. take your Cayman? <laughs> he is not the model millennial. But who, I guess uh, I could see taking the Cayenne camping. Yeah. It could be fun, but it's one of those things. You know, I remember my dad bought a canoe back in the day from Costco, and yeah. you know how many times so he used it? I'm gonna throw Zero. A, <laughs> I'm going to throw another buddy of mine under under the, the bus here, uh, under the RV, actually. Oh. So my buddy Brian decided he wanted to get like a 32-foot Winnebago RV, which is totally cool. But, you know, he we, we used to have one, and, um, you know, I shared with him. I was like, yeah, it's cool. For like the first time, second time, third time. But then after that, it's like your kids aren't going to want to go with you anymore. And now you've just bought this six-figure RV. I guess if you're retired and you want to do it, that's one thing. But he's 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 my you know, an RV is good for in our world. Of, uh, is if you're doing racing or driver's ed. Yes, yes. And it's because you can tow your pressure uh, yep. behind it. And having an RV at the track is like yep. ultra lux. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. uh it, you know, have a place to relax, totally you plug that. it in, you have air conditioning, and everyone wants to hang out there. Yeah. But the awnings out, that is, uh, that's primo. And you, yeah. you would use it, uh, depending what you're doing, you know, five, six times a year, but it's, wow. The people who had that, I thought that's the way to do it. Yeah. They are mm-hmm. enjoying, uh, yeah. it's rains or something or it's that's, cold. They have that's a place worthwhile. Um, going to campgrounds, I, I, it's a huge industry. I know yeah. a lot of people love that. But uh, it's just not for me. I guess the same way people look at us going to the racetrack or yeah. going for well, the four days pe- of looking pe- at cars. Pe- people look at us, you know, I can't believe you spent all that money on these cars when you could have gotten a $15,000 whatever and just still get to point A to point B. So, you, you know, I would take it to Laguna Seca if I lived in California or, or near there. And it would be fun to camp at Laguna Seca. But would you drive nights. it from Maryland all the way to Laguna Seca? No, not, not just for that. Right. So no. it's like, just fly. Get yeah. in a car, have a hotel. But if you're retired, uh, uh, I could I could see myself taking an RV from here to spending like uh, seven, ten days going across the country. I can see you doing it once. Uh, well, I don't know because you the real nice RVs. You know, you pull out the grill, you stop at a Walmart, you got everything there. I, I imagine Manny now <laughs> showing up to a Walmart in his RV, pulling out his grill, and a Walmart parking lot, flipping patties. It's acceptable to be in your boxer shorts and just be with grilling, you know? <laughs> All right. So we, no now one looks know, twice. The, we know the dream. We know his yeah, dream. That's right. That's a retirement plan. <laughs> All right. So talk about dreams. Let's talk about sales and statistics. And so, yeah, I was surf, surfing for the uh, website just looking for uh, anything new. 
and uh, I came across the sales statistics in it, and I just started, uh, you know, uh, browsing open. It starts in, uh, let's see what's uh, got on my screen 86. Here. 80, uh, yeah, 86. And, it, and you start to see, what's interesting, you start to see a decline of the G-Series, because this is the uh, G-Series is almost uh, nearing its end. And even though in 87 it came out with the G50 and it brought some new life to the car, it still wasn't showing in, in sales. And if you look at the road and tracks back then, you know, you, you see people commenting that the car is old. Yeah. They haven't done, they've, they've had the same body style since 74 and they haven't changed a whole lot. So for those that can't see the screen, in 1986, they sold about 30,000 units. In 87, they sold 23,000 units. And that's U.S. and Canada. Yeah. 88, combined. they sold 15,000. And, and by then you start watching it. Yeah, the big drop. The of, big uh, drop from 89 to 90, they're about 10,000 The 90, you have the 89, 90, you have the new platform, the 964. Uh, and that's why there's so many 90, 96. You only, when you say a lot, there's less than 10,000 made. Right. And then you start looking at 92 and 90, 93, 3,700 cars. Wow. And those, yeah. that's, that's across, they had 911. What did they have then? So 911, 928, 968. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. if you're looking for 964's model year, 91, 92, 93, those are rare. Well, when people say they're so hard to find and they're rare, I always used to joke and say it wasn't by design. Right. <laughs> it's just, they, they couldn't, couldn't sell. sell it. They were so highly priced compared to other cars to their competition that they just were not selling. And this is why, uh, you know, Porsche approached the um, executive council of PCA looking for help to get their members in the dealerships to buy cars. Mm-hmm. And that's how the Ars America was born. Yeah. Because they said what everyone else had been saying, make it lighter, make it cheaper, you know, take out all the uh, fancy stuff we don't need and put uh, um, just the basics in there. So, But they- that exercise wasn't actually – you know, at the end of the day, a positive program for them. Yeah. No, not really. It was, uh, um, I mean, today we think of an RS America and everybody, you know, gets all giddy about yeah, it. But no. when it came out, and then I remember RS Americas were sitting in lots for a while, ironically, and, and, and being discounted. The most desirable RS Americas were the ones that were not selling. Yeah. Which ones that only had limited slip, no air conditioning, no radio. No sunroof. The oh. four options. And no, only... rear, no rear seats in the first year, probably. Yeah, but that wasn't 94. an option that came with the car. So there was only four options. And, yep. I believe, and, weren't the 94s, didn't they put the rear seats back in? I, I believe so with yeah. the uh, seat belts, but that didn't help the sales. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the car wasn't an instant hit like uh, the cars now. Mm-hmm. Now anything they bring out is like it uh, sells out immediately. So let's, let's, let's do a Mythbuster thing. So the, nine, uh, so, uh, the 993 is introduced. And people, some people, you know, as much as people love 993s, did the 993 save? And yeah, you always hear that such and such cars saved Porsche. And uh, it was, uh, you never hear such and such car almost killed Porsche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's always one that saved Porsche. And uh, the 964 yeah, the ni- almost killed Porsche in a sense, uh, right? Well, the 959. <laughs> Was a oh, huge. Yeah. Uh, that were, they were losing a lot of money on each one. On each one, yeah. and that's why they limited the two hundred and some cars because they they were like, "That's enough. We don't want to keep on losing money." Mm. Uh, yeah, but the nine six four, uh, uh, and there was a lot of uh, economic um, reasons in there sure. too. It wasn't like sure. the, everyone else was having a field day selling cars, and Porsche wasn't. Um, they they were they were struggling, and because of the, at the time the Deutschmark, the conversion to the dollar wasn't in their favor, so. It wasn't a good time for uh, Porsche, but 
you know, 993 comes out and that does increase sales, but not by a whole lot. Um, and then in 97 is when the, uh, Boxster comes out. And then and you, then see, the you see a jump, uh, you know, previous year, 96, 7,500 cars, 97, almost 14,000 cars. Yeah. And then we jump up to, uh, 0304 and you see the, uh, Cayenne. And that really, uh, took them over the 30,000 mark. And then from there, you know, it becomes a, uh, just a hit after hit. All the way up to 2008 when the economy, uh, yep. collapsed because of the housing crisis. They, yeah. uh, they dropped, but not, not, not anywhere near the nineties, you know, and, uh, but then they started building up again. Yeah. So it's interesting to see 2009. I think 2009, they, they went just below 20,000. But look at in, in such short time between 2009 and today to go from 20,000. And what are they selling today? 70,000 units that's in the U.S. alone. And that was limited have... because of the, uh, because of the supply issues. Supply issues, exactly. Yeah, that would have been probably a lot more. Yeah. If they didn't have, uh, even during 2020 of COVID, you know, it was, a, they went down in sales, but supply in because of the COVID. Um, yeah, it's, uh, they, they, I'm going to say got their act together, but this is one of the uh, benefits of having the four door Porsche that, they were the sales leaders, and this is what the customers really wanted. And Porsche, listen, had they not built the Cayenne or the Macan, I think Porsche would be in a whole different place oh, right for now. for sure. For sure. And, you know, it's, I always say, you know, we've had a couple of models that were introduced into the lineup that may have differed from its original mission, per se, um, but it's definitely helped the overall cause. But they didn't go too extreme. I think other manufacturers that have just tried to build you know, so many different variants of a car, um, you know, and I think, I think of BMWs that they, they lost their focus. Right. And, and we're aligned with a brand that I think still has that, that, that heritage performance best in its category. Um, the, it could be a sedan, it could be two door, it could be an SUV, it could be a compact SUV, but it all has the same recipe. And I think that is why Porsche has, has been so successful. Porsche has a lot of like different models, but they all, at least everyone that I've driven, they all seem to be good. It's not like there's a, a bad apple in the bunch. Right. Like Panamera, there are so many Panamera variants. Yeah. Uh, you it's know, crazy. I, I love this. Uh, and, and I didn't really realize this. So every time I get in my mother-in-law's Chevy Equinox, hmm. the brakes are so over boosted. And then I think about other cars. You know, when you rent a yeah. car, yeah. it takes the first few miles to get used to the brakes. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, all the Porsches we've driven, I've never had to gotten get used to the brakes. Right. It's consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the pedal feel is all the same. And I thought, you know, that's kudos to Porsche for keeping that, even with the, the electric. Yeah. Because I just did a Tech Tips article about uh, recuperative braking and, how, you know, how it works and how much uh, – Porsche engineers did to keep that brake feel the same as an internal combustion engine, even though there's a whole lot more going on with an electric car when it comes to braking than a traditional car. In fact, most of it's not even brake calipers. It's all the motors slowing the car down, not the actual uh, brake. So it's uh, it's amazing how they, they've kept uh, that feel. You know, It's been very easy to sit brakes and say, well, let them get used to uh, this whole different brake feel. So this time... This time next week, I'm going to be sitting in, sitting in Germany and hopefully getting a, a glimpse of what uh, is to come uh, for, for Porsche and the lineup. I'm, I'm heading over there with uh, two executive council members to 
talk about some projects that we have uh, with uh, Porsche, Porsche Classic, Porsche Exclusive, uh, visiting Vysock and such, and I'm kind of looking forward to see, hopefully we get a glimpse of the future, and then I can bring that back and share with you, share with you all. But we're going to try to, what, connect me while I'm over there as well? That's the plan. Okay. That'll be near the end of your trip. Yeah. And for the, for the listeners, uh, uh, why does PCA go to Germany? Um, and that was a question that used to be asked uh, 10 years ago. And um, the simple answer is, uh, why does any other business meet in person? Mm-hmm. It's networking. It's uh, creating relationships. And over the years, uh, these relationships have led to uh, the car we're going to do, Tech Tactics Live one, the Classic yeah. Club Coupe, uh, the, cl- uh, the the 60th Club Coupe, the 50th Club Coupe. Um, they, they meet the people who lead our club. They uh, see the faces and, you know, get to hang out in social settings outside of the um, boardroom and office. And those long, those relationships have lasted a long time. You know, I still keep in touch with people that I met uh, when I was president. And uh, to them, it's, it's a thrill to meet people from um, the largest Porsche club. And, you know, they respect our opinion and, you know, it's great that the um, executive council, or at least two members, are going over there to see what's going on. So it's not, you know, I used to tell people, of all the trips I went to Germany, I never got to see anything that was uh, tourist-related. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, everything no. was, which for me was awesome. I got to see everything Porsche-related, but I've never seen the famous castle yeah. or, or been to different well, we, cities. We really, that, it's uh, the, um, the, the agenda is so jammed packed because we want to take advantage of being over there to meet with people from every single department that we can, especially those departments that are engaged with, you know, upcoming projects. So like Manny said, we, we don't see the touristy stuff. Um, you know, of course we go out to eat and, and, and such, but you know, it's waking up early meetings, 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 grab lunch, meetings, 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 grab dinner, uh, you know, a social kind of meeting, go to bed late, wake up early. And it's just that for, you know, a good number of days. And by the time you come back, you're just wiped, but you formed all these relations. You've got, you know, a number of projects that are running in parallel. And what I've, what I found cool is, you know, I've been at, you know, in this position for 17 years now with PCA. And there's people that I remember when I met the first time. I went to Germany that were sort of lower on the totem pole, let's say, that have now gone up in in the Porsche world. And they remember our relationship. And as they become more influential in their areas, they they have PCA on their mind. So when things come about, they're like, ooh, maybe we can give PCA a heads up on this development. Or I've got this great idea for a build. Or here's a wheel or design that we should save for PCA when they're making their next special car. So uh, it's it's uh, an honor to, to represent PCA and go over there. It's a lot of hard work, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, PCA is going to be much better for it, and it just strengthens our relationship with Porsche, which is really, really cool. Like There's, yeah, there's no other manufacturer that does it. It's a really absolutely necessary uh, because uh, uh, the future of the club, uh, future of the club depends on Porsche's success. And if we can assist with their or their success, uh, then it's awesome. Yeah, and it, and it's a, a great way for us to provide feedback to them. I remember going to Vysok one year when the 718 um, was introduced, and you know there was some controversy 
controversy with the um the exhaust and this that and the other and they they asked us would you mind sitting down you know with some of the engineers and we're like oh we thought it was like a social setting it was really like a um they set up a a, a conference room and we were the panelists and they just like started throwing questions at us and i was like wow they truly and they were writing notes as we were sharing with them our thoughts and so yeah it's pretty cool yeah so next uh, podcast will be uh Hopefully you have a lot of pictures you can. Yeah, I definitely will shoot some over. Um, I'm also going to be bringing, you know, my, my camera and microphone set up. We're hopefully going into some very unique places. And if they allow me, I'll do some old school kind of videos where it's just me and a camera and a microphone, but maybe share with you all some of the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, I wish we could bring the stuff into YSOC to show our members. Yeah, unfortunately, you'd be able to just take a picture of the no, entrance. Of, well, I yeah. think most people have never even seen what the entrance yeah. to YSOC looks like. Uh, so when you go into YSOC, you actually have to check in your phone. You go through it. It was more thorough tour. than when I went to the White House and did a behind the scenes tour there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the president's not there when you tour the White House, but they checked less than what the YSOC checked. They were checking for any kind of recording device. All right, so um, you know I'll be over there, but then as soon as I land in the states, I turn around and head up to Rhode Island for the uh, gathering at the Audrain Motor Week, and uh, we'll be at the Rough Point uh, Doris Duke Mansion, and um, you know we have the honor of displaying Donald Osborne uh, set us up where we'll be able to display twenty five PCA. Uh, vehicles and we've got everything from you know uh, speedsters spiders uh, transaxle 944 cayenne's uh, 918 spider carrera gt we've got a cup car so i i'm trying to curate you know a, a cross-section of all the cool stuff that we have obviously we won't have every single uh, model because there's only 25 spaces but um, we're gonna i think be like the center center show of this rough point gathering and um, thank, shout out to the Northeast region who helped me curate a number of these cars. And uh, that, that should be pretty cool. We will also bring uh, cameras and, and uh, microphones for, you know, maybe a, a quick walkthrough of that, that event. So hopefully I see some uh, members there. We're, in, we're at um, Treffen right now, or the folks are having Treffen right now. Wrapping that up, then our, our plans are really focused on uh, Unstock. November 13th at uh, West Coast Customs. We have uh, found out that we will have a breakfast meeting at the LA Auto Show in the, the Porsche. The, uh, the so Porsche breakfast display. Breakfast or cars and it's, coffee? It's not breakfast. So, yeah, let me correct that. So, it's like cars and coffee. Uh, it's not really even, well, it's the display cars, not your car, yeah. but we'll go to the LA Auto it's Show. It's coffee and then looking at cars. Looking at cars. Porsche. So, we have to make sure we clarify that. Um, because they've just simplified what they're offering. But the best part is the members are going to be able to get able to get in early. Yes, and see the Porsches, and they always unlock them, and, and they'll have presentations. Your presentations. You got more one-on-one time with the Porsche people before it opens up uh, two hours. And later we can't say because we're under NDA, but there are definitely some, uh, at least one or two very special reveal cars there. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. What's the second one? Uh, <laughs> moving along. <laughs> All right. Recent videos, Damon. Uh, yeah, so we recently put up the corkscrew, corkscrew hill climb video, um, which was taken at Laguna Seca. It was on the Sunday of the Pebble Beach Concours, and um, it's one of those things that 
I guess it has probably happened in the past, and no, not no. at all. Not at all. No, if you remember the like video, Bruce talks about how he's had he had approached previous them. management. He tried to talk ah, him so into it. So this is, in fact, the first one. Yeah. New, so new management didn't know anything about it. Didn't yeah. they, they took advantage of the fact that they didn't really uh, know what a hill climb was? Yeah. So we have yeah. to give Manny credit so, because yeah. we were talking about our travels and what we do, and we don't normally go to. Uh, the Pebble Beach Concord, just honestly, cause because of pricing. we don't get free tickets. We don't get free tickets. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, so, We're not paying $500. But, but he did find out about this event, which honestly is very interesting to me. And timing that day, like it was amazing how timing just worked out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, from when we got there, when we saw the Gunther Works car getting ready to go out, Damon running around grabbing his uh, GoPros. GoPros, and then uh, Bruce coming in with Doc Hudson getting the 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 interview with him like timing was just yeah. perfect and yeah. then we go up we walk we got up, up the, the hill. hill and I filmed the la- I just whipped my camera out as quickly as possible on the last like seven cars that went by and it's all the the so, clips that we needed the, for it to, got to the make works this video car sounding incredible oh, got the works car <laughs> oh my god awesome yeah um so yeah so it that was pretty cool yeah, it's only like a five minute video so if you uh, yeah just uh, look good to the PCA and credit, credit to to Damon because that was kind of further along the line. Uh, to get edited later, but we had some things move around and he knocked yeah, it out. That yesterday. was like, oh man, an hour was, edit. Left that was yesterday. a rush, rush edit, but it came out perfect. <laughs> yeah, so, it came out so well. next year for people, you know, I would imagine it and Bruce is going to do it again next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about staying on Sunday a little bit later and going to the track. It was very relaxed and, uh, yeah, very I can't cool. imagine it being packed. Yeah, because yeah. of uh, Pebble Beach, but it sure was a lot cheaper than Pebble Beach. So I've never been to Pebble, but, you know, just based on pictures, you know, it seems like you, you kind of have to repair, maybe dress up a little bit and, you know, deal with traffic, et cetera, et cetera. It's not really my style, my kind of thing. Well, don't get me wrong. Pebble is still yeah. a bucket, I go, bucket list for event sure. to go. I mean, there's some some vehicles there that are just so over the top and yeah. you know it's it's an experience yeah but you go to the hill climb and you know it was free you you walk in it's a small crowd you can get really close they, they let you pass the, we the were, pit wall we were sitting on the pe- yeah. pit wall <laughs> you get to sit on the pit wall and watch these cars as they're in the the pit yeah. area um and it's only 60 or so cars so you don't feel overwhelmed and it's it's just very Plus there was all the cars in the paddock from the reunion. Yeah, not all of them but like but there's still a ton two left Two freaking were... Ferrari GTOs yeah, just sitting there. Yeah. 80 million dollars worth the car yeah. just sitting there with no one around no it no ground. uh no velvet I, I ropes, took my nothing. best photos that weekend yeah. there because there was no crowd around the car. Mm-hmm. And we just had it to ourselves. That was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. But so that's one video that you can watch now. Um, so the next one mile review will be Kelly Telfer's Bahama Mama. Uh, I had originally had, and if Peter's listening, I had his GT2 RS scheduled for today, but we have a little bit extra work okay. to do before that goes up. So that'll be in a couple weeks, but the Bahama that Mama. Is that because Vu did the, uh, driving? Hey, hey, hey. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, we gotta do a ton of editing. A ton of editing. Oh, cause I gotta drew. make them look better. Gotta no, run the, the, filters. The, pro- the problem with the GT2 RS or doing that video was the car was so Stunning, fast, yeah. and amazing to drive. Like I like forgot to talk because I was yeah. having so much. Well, fun it, it wasn't that. No, I'm actually not uh, saying that uh, oh. your video was was bad in any way. Um, it it was more that uh, we just have to do some recordings because we've come out with a fun factor. Oh, right, right, right. rating, so and that doesn't it. have a fun factor. And the Bahama Mama did. Yeah. So so yeah, look for that, Kelly Telford. But the nine six eight, the nine six eight was released last week, right? Yes. So watch the nine six eight video. Oh, there um, it is. Yeah. Which uh, Manny got to drive that. I it's, like the comments. People said I look like Tom Nitnow. 
I had to look up who that was. Oh, but yeah, I, I remember. But I know I've, who, I've heard I know, that before. Yeah. It, uh, and I don't know they're not wrong. I look a, a lot like bald, chubby guys. So <laughs> uh, there was that guy uh, on Food Network that uh, I remember two ladies at the airport yeah. said, uh, are you so-and-so? And, you need and I had to look them up because I wasn't sure. On this. Um, oh, yeah, the guy that – I know what you're talking about, that eats weird stuff. Yes. Yes, uh, yes. And, and uh, he said, they were like, are you sure? Are you just covering? And I'm like – So I'm going to throw out a challenge for people that are listening. Who does Manny look like? And then put a link down below <laughs> and let me see who you think Uh-oh. he looks like so there's okay. tom tom whatever there's a german Be nice. Be there's, nice. a, there's a german comedian uh that you'll find if you google that looks like him and then this uh the food network guy you might find out you have like 10 doppelgangers well it's like i said <laughs> oh you look like uh, you bald and, and fat it's not hard it's a lot of people out there <laughs> well i'm not gonna say it well, I'm going to say it after the description, but I'm not going to say it because of the description. But you also get confused with someone at parade too. Oh, well, that's our MC. <laughs> yeah, from really, thirty yards away and a couple of glasses of wine. Yeah. people think they I call him like Mark a, all the time. Oh yeah, oh they come, really? They I, come up to me and they'll tell me you did a great oh, job last that. night. And I've at first, I, I oh yeah, all the time, all they the come time. Up. And I have to tell Marco, you got compliments from these people. <laughs> or they'll hand me a piece of paper and they say, oh, can you wish show and so Make happy birthday tonight? <laughs> and at first I was like, why are you telling me this? And I'm like, oh, you're confusing you me think, for our... They uh, think you are Mark So Chavis. two things uh, before we sign off. Um, tech Tactics, we're still working on that or is that dead? Tech Tactics, West. as far as having... Oh, the event in uh, the West Coast. Yeah. We are still working on okay. it. It is not dead. All right, so... Uh, um, yeah, we're so hopefully. Well, we're we, just trying to secure a location, and um, you know, my goal is to make sure that it happens. Yeah, it's a combination of things. It's location, which we usually have it at the Porsche training facility, um, and of course, having uh, Porsche speakers. Yeah. So there's a lot of moving parts. Um, if and- if it happens, you all have to take care of Friday at LA Auto Show and Tech Tactics because I won't be there. Ooh. My brother, he he got married. He's getting married. Like he's like the week. Tell so him to move the wedding. My, my, my brother's not meet her for member my, uh, breakfast. No, no. Yeah, my brother's his wedding is over two weekends. He's like cramping my like travel. Do what time. I do. I just go to the ten year anniversary. You got to prove to me you can stay married because I've given up way too many PCA events going to weddings to find out they get divorced a year later. Not worth it. Yes. And uh, and so the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, and I've mentioned this before. Uh, so we've had several Rensport reunion meetings already with Porsche. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and I bring that up simply because once again, we're in the meeting. So if you want to get real information, accurate information about Rensport reunion, you're going to get it here from um, PCA and uh, particularly this podcast will let you know. Um, I believe ticket sales, check out the next e-break. Uh, it won't be Corral, right? We, we don't think, uh, the Corral's going up, uh, these will just be for tickets. This will be for general admission and for the um, packages. The packages, which included the uh, suites, the VIP hospitality, and whatnot. But you need so, general admission to get in, and then you yes, have the right corral. So for the corral, we'll just and, get your car in, but it won't get you in. Right. So you need your uh, your general admission ticket. General admission gets you everywhere except the suites. Uh, and if you have a general admission ticket and no corral, you're parking outside of the track. Uh, which is in a dirt lot, and it's uh, it's not easy to find, as Manny and I found out. <laughs> There's a, a lot of different dirt lots. Uh, it's a lot to a uh, lot of uh, real estate to cover. Um, but uh, I I think they're going to have over a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Easy. So so make sure you read all of your 
uh, upcoming e-break news uh, between now and when the event happens because we'll be doing a lot of if updates. If you're wondering what e-break news is, uh, where can they go subscribe it's to it? It's a weekly newsletter uh, that we send out. Uh, go to PCA.org, um, scroll down to the bottom of the homepage, and uh, put your email into that box at the bottom. That does not sign you up to any newsletter, so do that. Hit the submit button and then or a subscribe button. Then after that page, you'll be able to choose exactly which newsletters or emails you would like to receive from PCA. So e-breaks free. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a member to yeah. get it. But you should uh, be a member. Uh, yes, yeah. it would help. If you're but if you're member. not, we still want you to read e-break. If yeah. you love Porsche, um, it has pretty much everything across the board. It's about about what, uh, like to... what, 80% at least uh, original content from PCA? Uh, I'd probably say about half now, which is a lot. 80% because... sounds better than half. Yeah, it does sound better, but we're <laughs> but not But I'm looking at you this way. you got to agree with <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. not go down. Hey, no, 50%. That, I mean, That's a lot. There's still a lot. Grown, yeah. like, a lot. At some point, I can see us actually, you know, so, maybe really cutting down on the outside content. You know, but here's um, the thing with the content is it's you know fifty percent of it is cu- is curated, fifty percent of it is PCA, mm-hmm. um, you know, original content, and we do the metrics. And mm-hmm. believe it or not, the PCA yeah. content is typically the you know top five. Yeah, it's one of the longest newsletters I've ever seen, and I've heard that repeated. Yet we have seventy percent open rate, which is over twice mm-hmm. industry average or click rate. So you guys like the content, right? And it's and it's it. you know for those that don't listen to the podcast yet or they don't watch us on YouTube, it is a one-stop shopping to learn everything about Porsche and PCA on a Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning when you get to the office and open it up and then you're ready for cars and coffee for the following week and you know everything that's going on in the PCA and Porsche world. Yeah, so yeah. this this is free. I know a lot of podcasts I listen to are always asking for money or asking you to join this and pay a monthly fee. This is all free. Um, and so uh, you get news every week. And you can delete it or you can read it. But this is where all the uh, Rensport information is going to be coming out. And uh, if you're coming to Rensport, you definitely want to get the information as soon as it hits e-break, which comes out every Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, depending yep. on your email. Yeah, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Yeah. Yep. All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening. Listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and you own a Porsche, what are you waiting for? Grab that VIN and go to PCA.org and join. If you don't have a Porsche and you need our help to find one, join the test drive program. All of it at PCA.org. Remember to follow our podcast Instagram page, behind the scenes photos, videos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. You can always email us, message us, podcast at PCA.org or simply comment on the YouTube podcast video. Until next time, stay safe, and we'll catch you down the road. I look like Brad Pitt, they're going to tell me.